0: This is the uh, first McNaught uh, Cool podcast in a little while, and I'm very, really, really super excited because I have two artists, um, two female artists who are both interested and involved um, with the national, international feminist movement Riot Girl of the early 90s, but is somewhat being revived to a lesser or more extent um, with various articles and... Um, Exhibitions and books, and everyone's talking about the '90s. So um, mm-hmm. we're going to hear, we're going to talk about the '90s, but mostly we're going to talk about Riot Girl, which happened in the '90s. So joining me are is um, Mary Tremont. Is that correct? Uh, Tremonti. Tremonti, Mary Tremonti, and Rosemary Romero. Yes. Yeah, correct? All right. So both of you are artists. So what I would like to, um, do is, um, if each of you could take a, a second and just, um, describe the, um, a little bit about yourself, if you could, um, little uh, blurb or what have you, where, um, you know, what kind of work you do and, um, I mean, where you're from, and then we can talk about Riot Girl or how that informs And I mean, if you would like to, you can talk about how Riot Girl informs that, but we can get into that after would you like to start mary just tell us a little bit sure, about what you're sure. up to
1: a quick yeah. intro about me uh, yeah so uh i'm in my mid-30s i uh <laughs> i grew up in the suburbs of washington dc and then moved to pittsburgh when i was 18 to go to college i live in toronto now i'm in graduate school um which is funny after a long pause and uh, my work is um mostly silk screen printing and DJ-based, and um, sometimes both of those at once. And um, I'm also part of an artist cooperative called Just These, and we are a decentralized group of 24 um, artists who do graphics and prints um, on themes of social and environmental justice and in conjunction with groups that are working um,
0: on issues related to that. Thank you. Now, is Just Seeds its um, national organization or uh, yeah? Or... It's, uh, it's North. It's I guess you could say it's North American. Most of our members live in
1: the U.S. There's two of us in Canada, mm-hmm. and then um, three that are based in Mexico. Awesome. Uh, that's mm-hmm. all over. We have like clusters in Pittsburgh, in Milwaukee, in Providence, Rhode Island, in Portland, Oregon, um, and a few other places.
0: All right, fantastic. All right, uh, Rosemary, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself
2: and your work? Yes, um, so I'm Rosemary, Rosemary Romero. I'm 27 years old. I was born in the Dominican Republic and raised in Miami, Florida. Um, I got an MFA recently from University of Florida in creative photography, and my work is mostly relational aesthetics, installation, um, performance art, social practice, and My work addresses race, class, and gender, and women's labor.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. All right. So, um, I have, um, um, so now that uh, we've talked a little bit about what you guys do, uh, why you're on here is because you've both um, expressed an interest or an affiliation with Riot Girl, and um, I guess, um, I guess I'll start with um, Rosemary. Rosemary's younger than both me and you, Mary. Um, I'm not. Today's my birthday. I'm not going to say how old I am. People can. I'm just going to say that Rosemary's younger than me, and um, I'm just going to say that I went to. I'll say that um, I went to the first Riot Girl convention in 19. We'll do this. We'll say. We'll do this. Um, I went to the first Riot Girl convention <laughs> in Washington D.C. when I was 14. In the year nineteen ninety two, so okay, and so um, so Rosemary's um, a bit younger than us, and coming to Riot Girl, um, sort of not um, in its you know strongest or most um, present force. So I'm very interested in knowing um, sort of what drew uh, you Rose uh, um, to Riot Girl, or how you found out about Riot Girl, or how Riot Girl became a part of your or in for, or artistic artistic expression or your life or what have you.
2: Yeah, so um I first came into contact with Riot Girl when I was in middle school. Oh wow. It was probably yeah, it was when I was in sixth grade and um in middle school everyone that I knew was already heavily into creating art. Mm. Um people were creating zines. Mm. People already formed their own bands. Oh wow and your self self Worth and purpose was in what you produced and created. And that's how you found your identity within the school and the certain cliques that you got into. And um, in sixth grade, I was already infiltrated the the punk scene. And then um, through friends of mine, I started finding out about red girl music. Hmm. And it really interested me because at the time before that, I didn't know that there was such a culture like that where there was political um, strong women creating artwork and music that dealt with serious issues such as domestic violence, sexism, um, double standards, uh, misogyny, and male dominant culture. And um so, and it's true that I had to dig into an archive of rag girl music because I was really young at the time and I wasn't there in 92. So it was interesting because I would look at vinyl records and CDs. Mm -hmm. Um, I would look through the internet and then I would dig into this archive and just see this big history of of this art and music. Um, And it kind of taught me that it was okay to be political. Mm -hmm. It was okay to be assertive, uh, pissed off. (laughs) Um, And it was okay to be sexual Mm -hmm. at the same time. And I just felt extremely empowered by it, especially in a culture that's predominantly Catholic and Latino. As a young woman growing up, you're taught to be very quiet and docile about anything related to politics or religion. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to be very friendly, happy, and grateful, (laughs) and not to bitch about anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was very upset about that. So... Since that day on in in middle school, I decided to dedicate my life to making art that addresses these issues that the rag girls were um, addressing Cool. yeah and the, and the internet really played a huge part too I, I'm, this, And this was the time where the internet was not that fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in
0: that you you mentioned an archive. Is there a particular archive that was online or
2: yeah, there was a lot of bulletin boards. Oh, okay. And um, you would find out about all these bands, and there would be a lot of fan websites.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Huh. This would link you to different band sites. Uh-huh. And that's how I found out about all of these bands. And huh. um, my favorite at the time, of course, was Bikini Kill. Mm-hmm. I was really into L7, oh, yeah, Jump yeah. Up Jill, and many others. Mm-hmm. And I just found it very, very subversive, and I, and I just got drew, driven into it.
0: So so the subversive nature of it, the like sort of the right to be um, disagreeable or, uh, qu- you know, question was sort of what drew you to it, I guess, is is yeah. that what you're saying? Cool. So, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and
2: what I loved about that era too, which I kind of missed today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I don't see anymore, mm-hmm. um, is that Right Girl really did infiltrate mainstream culture. Huh, huh. And, um, and that was a very interesting time um i know that the show i used to be obsessed with the show daria uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and i just knew that that was huh. totally, totally uh a riot girl influenced show huh and and just uh-huh. the characters uh-huh. and the way they were and like her political um awareness uh-huh. was i think personally was totally influenced by a riot girl and i just love how riot girl infiltrated mtv uh, mainstream magazines, and it just trickled into mainstream culture little by little. Um, I also love the fact that a lot of fashion magazines for teenagers at the time mm-hmm. was very subversive mm-hmm. in their early, early points. There was a lot of uh, feminist and right girl aesthetics in uh, early Delia's fashion magazines. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Delia. Uh, yes, and it was very campy in a very John Waters way. Um so makeup would be like hey uh, put on garbage glittery green lipstick uh, <laughs> uh, wear you know purple blush and it was very camp and very fun and silly yet pleasurable and and, huh. and a lot of joy to do um
0: that's, I really yeah. don't
2: see that anymore
0: That's very that's a really fantastic perspective um for me or I I'm, I'm interested in see what um Mary uh, things about that. Um, I, I, that's just very interesting to, cause I, you're right. I think immediately about Roseanne as well. And, and Darlene's character on oh. Roseanne, you know, but so on that point, like what drew you married to Riker? Like what was, what, where were you or what was exciting or interesting about riot girl that, um, you know, got you excited about it and, and made you want to be part of it?
1: Well, I have to acknowledge the, uh, the pervasive influence of sassy
0: magazine sa- um, sa- <laughs> sassy. <laughs> yes
1: sassy I, <laughs> I was also i was 14 in
0: 1992
1: also did you know sassy rose did you yes
2: know? yes i actually bought a, a, a book of an anthology of sassy
1: no way yes <laughs>
2: it's on, and i love it i really love it
1: i need to get that um yeah uh, that magazine was hugely influential for myself and I think for a lot of other people. Um, so I grew up in the suburbs of DC. I wasn't like going downtown all the time. Um, and I didn't even get to start going to shows till I was 15. But um, Festy would have like Cute Vandaler, and it would be like Bikini Kill or Bratmobile. And it'd be like, here, send $3 to this address and mm. get this record from mm. Kill Rockstar, the mm. K Records. And they'd also have um, Dean of the Month. And so, um, and they profiled, I think they profiled uh, the Action Girl
2: Mm -hmm. newsletter, which is
1: also a big way Mm -hmm. that I found zines. Mm -hmm. So um, I think Sassy was the big gateway. Um, And then through there, you just start ordering zines uh, Or the Action Girl newsletter, and you write to people, and then they have reviews of other zines. And this network just builds from there, or built from there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, it's interesting hearing about the role of the internet. Um, I was just on, I was on a panel for, a zine fest here in Toronto in August, and it was an intergenerational zine panel. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it wasn't super intergenerational. It was, like, people in their 30s and uh-huh. then people in their, like, late teens, early 20s. Huh. Um, so it's interesting, like, talking with someone in their late 20s, because um, they talked kind of about using the internet's early stages in middle school. Like, I didn't start using the Internet really till 1996 when I was 18 when I started college. Oh, wow. So all of my access to radical culture when I was a teenager um, and punk culture, DIY culture and themes, um, it was pretty much all postal. It was all through, yes. uh, through the
0: mail. No, definitely. That was
1: really huge and really that way to connect to other people. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Well, I have to, okay. so- yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. No, there's just so many things here, like, the, the one thing I'm really thinking about is I'm, I'm just really... Um, excited that that uh sassy was so much a part of sort of fusing independent and popular culture that Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm not sure if it's gotten like really the recognition for doing that because now in the age of the internet or what have you you know people write about how there is no you know um the, there's there's not the issue of like selling out or you know there's no indie versus popular it's all just sort of meshing into culture and hearing you ladies talk it's it's really um making me kind of really excited about sassy or Jane Pratt or just that she mm. under you know or whoever was or who all the women the women involved in that they were really meshing popular and underground culture and you know before the internet in a way other people weren't and um. That, that's exciting to me and I um and then the other thing is um well I want to talk about the internet because feminism on the internet is a whole other thing but um I like so what would you say Mary like what were you excited about with Riot or like were you were excited about the the, the you know what was it about it like I, 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 than other feminist sentiments or had you heard other feminist sentiments before Riot Girl or what was Riot Girl unique or yeah so a
1: little bit um like I think I mean I was you know, coming of age in the '90s, mm-hmm. where uh, like mainstream politics was in a shift to the left, and mm-hmm. there was um, uh, a lot of uh, public public debate and visibility around, um, like progressive rights. Yes,
0: yes, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Um, and Joel Clinton was in office, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, so um, so I don't know. There was a little bit more of like a, a liberal political environment at that time, mm-hmm. but also feminism. I felt like was. Uh,
0: it was an F word, and it was like it was, it was I
1: feel like, yeah. um, like I remember being a freshman in high school and doing a paper about first wave versus second wave feminism, but it huh. felt very historical. Um, but those ideas appealed to me, but they felt like old ideas, and the huh. I was like reinforcement, but like um, uh, very um, relevant to my life now. And just having a critical consciousness about popular culture, mm-hmm. um, mainstream culture, mainstream. I say mainstream, I guess I mean um, conservative and misogynistic, um, white supremacist, mm-hmm. capitalist patriarchy, mm-hmm. um, that maybe I wouldn't have articulated that way at the time, but I felt it mm-hmm. uh, as a teen. And also uh, the DIY-ness of it, of creating your own culture, yes. and like anything to make with yes. me, yes. and connect to other people yes. through make media, mm-hmm. that was really crucial. I used yes. to like make my own t-shirts, like yes. bikini kill on a t-shirt, yep. you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely
1: folks read it yeah. but um <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah all those sentiments like politically and then also just uh the more low-key politics of do-it-yourself culture those things those aspects of riot really appealed to me yeah um and i think like the mainstreaming you know, like the blending of um uh, underground or subculture and mainstream um i think uh there was a lot of criticism around that actually yes. I, yes. I remember when oh. when action girl was in 17 yep. magazine mm-hmm. and i like something about it in my zine and then sarah dyer like wrote to me she's like well how else are people gonna find out about Mm -hmm. these you know like not everyone Mm -hmm. this is a way just another way of like like for people to access it and Mm -hmm. i was like no it's selling out you know so
0: no well that's that's wonderful that you bring that up because that's like you know one of the one of the really big things i want to talk about is like you know how you know um you know ideas that maybe have changed or evolved or um you know, I, I think, um, like if, you know, I have like if the feel riot girl steered you in a direction in your perspectives and that you learned from, but then, you know, changed your opinion on or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that, so I think that's a really important thing, you know, and, and I, and I, but, but right before you said that, Mary, you said, um, you said how, uh, you were drawn to riot girl because it seemed to be very aware or knowledgeable about, um, popular media or, or I don't know if I misheard you or something like that. And, and I was going to say sort of like to what Rose and what you just said is when I was in Riker, I feel like very much we were, people weren't sure. People were sort of figuring it out. Like no one really knew. Was it cool to be in 17? Mm-hmm. You know, wasn't it okay? And like there were something because there were some things that were really blatantly ridiculous. Like one thing, you know, I, I never really had a problem with, um, you know, being in popular culture because that's how I found out about the Riot Girl convention is I read in Sassy, oh, there's a Riot Girl convention. I was like, all right, I'm going. But, you know, but then, of course, when Playboy comes and Playboy runs this article that's like, these, you know, young women are sexy and sassy. I'm like, no, I'm, that was like, okay, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you know, and, it's, and so it was sort of like figuring that out. And um, what's interesting, though, is I think that Playboy thing is – um. No one. I don't think anyone from Riker actually talked to them. I think they wrote that, you know, themselves. And so you can wonder if someone from Riker actually talked to them. If it would have been any better, but um, the
2: the funny thing about it is they put uh, um, ginger spice as the cover. <laughs> like she's supposed to be the symbol of right girl.
0: Oh really? You wait. You were wait. You remember? Is this Playbo- or Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah oh yeah, no.
2: But, uh, oh I, no. I went through like the oh a friends of the library sale, and they were selling god. off old playboys oh, from the nineties. What? Rose, <laughs> you're I like
0: a one. you're like a wealth of
2: <laughs> uh, the Spice girl and it says new sexy feminism. Oh my god spice girls and ginger spice uh, and it was horrible. You need to scan
0: in every single piece of that and send it yeah. to me. Oh my god. It was really bad. I want I need to see that. But yeah. So yeah, and then there's that and then you see you know the Spice Girls as as you know feminist. So it was weird to Sorry, I'm getting an echo like you know sort of, sort of to navigate that. Um but so like okay, so um well what oh uh, I uh so you sort of explain what what drew you to that I mean I can say briefly what got me super excited about Riot Girl. What, I mean and this this is weird. I mean cuz I'm about to say because it was sexy feminism or whatever. It wasn't but that's so it's such a limiting thing but I, I you know when I went to the convention I saw women who, you know, were just doing their thing, you know, they were just doing them, you know, they you know they were whatever like just Variety of different types of people, and like you know, women like super, super hairy, and like, but super, then super like beautiful makeup. You know, just rocking out like a whole variety of ways of just like being, and and that was like I was like, oh, this is awesome. You know, it's cool, and I hate to be like that, but I think that we like need a way to describe like without sounding silly that Riot Girl made feminism. Cool or mm-hmm. if fun or but fe- I like with, uh, what yeah. Rose said. Yeah. Like she, she
1: used the word pleasure. Yes, um, yes. I think that's
0: really yeah. Yes, because I because I think feminism is fun without even without right. <laughs> I think feminism just by itself is fun. But <laughs> I think for me there there are two aspects. You know, when we're talking about any political movement, um, there's the like actually I don't want to say like boots on the ground, but like okay, like legislative, you know legal, you know, um, pragmatic issues. And then, I mean, feminism, then there's a large part of it that is, you know, art or culturally based. And that's, that's primarily when I, when I want to talk to both of you, cause you guys are both mm-hmm. artists. And so, you know, for me, I very much feel like, um, I, I was very, very, um, I still consider, I, I consider myself, the same in terms of po- politics, but then I feel like I kind of went to the dark side and went to art school for graduate school, and so and so yeah, and so now I'm like whatever, everything's cool, like you know, just like you can you know, and just um sort of like um, le- um, I guess I guess like the idea of um I- I'm interested in and this is kind of jumping very ahead and like you know I became more interested in like ideas of um you know, must art always be uplifting or must art always be, or, you know, must there be a certain, um, well, this could bring, this bring it back to sort of, um, and Rose, sorry, um, to ignore you for a second. Um, um, Mary is part of, you say you you do DJing as part of your art, which I'm very interested in. And I love, I love that, that, um, you know, that that's a performance or that's how you, um, that's your performance art. I guess, you know, like I'm interested about, um, I don't know, like the, this might seem very simple and maybe both of you can comment on this, but, you know, I've, I've heard women who I would say are very, very, what I would call like traditionally, um, feminist or traditionally radical, you know, say things like, I don't listen to any music that, you know, expresses any kind of, you know, anti what they would consider, like, not positive messages for, like, women or a- any minorities or any social justice issues, and that is very interesting to me, and that seems very weird to me. So, yeah. I, do you know what I'm saying, or, like, what, I mean, or, yeah. like, I don't know, what, or, I don't even like, know yeah. what...
2: There's this book by, uh, I think it was Rebecca Walker, To mm-hmm. Be Real, mm-hmm. and she yeah. kind of wrote... Um, Just about that, like, the uh contradictions of being feminist Uh and listening to hip-hop music, Uh uh, rock.
1: Right, between, like, buying, um, what is it, the Snoop Dogg album, or, um, what was the conscious choice that was, like, what she was trying to decide between, do you remember? There's conscious Um,
0: daughters, or, um, or Yo-Yo, I don't know. I
2: think it was just, you know, that that being feminist also Mm -hmm. means choice, that you Mm -hmm. have the choice, Mm-hmm. To listen to that
0: wow. but also listen to it with a critical uh-huh. ear too. huh. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I that's need a to... really
1: good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and just to, to build on that, mm-hmm. I mean, um, my DJ and a lot of it is like in organizing events and making space for people to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like I uh I started with another person, um, a monthly queer like mostly geared towards women. Um, dance party in Pittsburgh called Operation Sasso. Mm-hmm. Um, in two thousand and six. At a time when there weren't so many explicitly queer spaces, especially for women. Mm-hmm. So, um, DJing is like a way. I'm not like a super like heavy mixer. I wouldn't say I'm like mm-hmm. a DJ. Is a very artistic um, making new music and
0: mixes kind of mode.
1: It's more like being a track selector. And, but you're. Um,
0: it's a performance. It's very. i, I is a I performance. Take it, yeah. yeah. So
1: um, and, ed- and education, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. um, like, DJing is the way to, like, look at our, like, and our history of radical and positive music and also mixing them into the present, um, but also just, um, what, well, I don't know what you're speaking to of, um, looking at it with a critical consciousness when you do choose pop songs and how, I feel like how you put songs up against each other or, um, or like, how can you intervene with like, um, I don't know, more more progressive um, or radical content within within pop music, like um, like a group of. Um, of queers in halifax they made a cover of that robin Dixon song blurred Mm lines but it's mm -hmm. called ask first and it's about Mm -hmm. consent Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) covered Mm -hmm. it like changed the lyrics completely Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's the same catchy beat Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's awesome Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah that's that's yeah i I really like that like feminism is about choice and also like they're like talking about you know seeing women with you know, beautiful makeup and hairy legs or body hair, you know, and just, like, the choice to, like, um, to to make ourselves in, in the way that we want to be and, like, not feeling restricted yeah. by mm-hmm. having to fit in any kind of binary or... Exactly,
0: um, yeah. Or I feel like a human or, like, being, I mean, necessarily more human than... I mean, I still think, obviously, that, you know, there's a, a reason to have, you know, certain events or... or um certain art by, you know, um, or, or I think identity plays a huge, huge role in, um, many things. Um, I think as time, as I've gotten older though, I feel like many of the concerns I felt are feminist concerns are, I feel like general are actually like more human concerns. Mm -hmm. It's getting like more general and just in terms of like relating to people. Um, but I guess, so, um, I was thinking, um, shoot. Um, so, well, okay. So how do you think Riot Girl specifically, this is, um, impacted the work you do do Rose. Do you think that what, um,
2: yeah. Yeah. um, (laughs) The way that it impacted my work was just that I, I made a, I just, it influenced me to even create work in the first place. Hmm, Yes. So I I started with the idea that as an artist, I always wanted to integrate a political social message into my work Mm -hmm. Um, and then it also be about aesthetics and about pleasure, and fun, but also be critical at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was just like a point in the in pop culture where I just felt like there was a lot of feminist backlash. Mm-hmm. And then I just remembered, I was like, all right, like, remember where, like how this all started, you know. And then I realized that I should use my art at this point. to to kind of address things like sexism and racism Mm -hmm. and also sexual double standards that were happening and I just decided to make work that dealt with those issues. I just Mm -hmm. thought it was very important Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget it. And also um, I saw um, Kathleen Hanna talk in Jacksonville Library during a zine fest Mm -hmm. and um, it was just the beginning of my MFA grad school experience and she gave a lecture about how it's important to continue making feminist work in a time that needs it most, like today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and uh, that was kind of like a call to arms to continue doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually, yeah.
0: I'm actually going to admit to something now. Um, Rose, before me and you were Facebook friends, I totally uh, stole something from your artist statement and put it on my Facebook. Oh, totally do it. And and I was like, well, she's on my Facebook friend, so she won't see this. And, but I actually, um, and this is along what Mary was saying in terms of what she responded to. Um, I, 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 stole, um, what, what I was really excited about in your artist statement was, um, you say, you know, um, I use the power of pleasure, vulgarity, culture exchange and social interaction as artistic tools. Well, I was, what really responded, what I responded to was the word pleasure and the word vulgarity. And I, I, I wrote like the power and pleasure of vulgarity, and um, I got a lot of thumbs up for that. But anyway, <laughs> <That's> so <awesome. laughs> but I think I think that I'm excited that you know, Mary, you had mentioned that you were responding to that, and I think that um, I guess sort of like what I'm, you know, trying trying to talk about in terms of, um, uh, you know, like listening to things or, um, you know, taking pleasure in, let's say things that are quote wrong or vulgar or perceived vulgar by any standards and like finding what is, um, you know, what, what that, what that does and what it it says, like, like, you know, the blurred line song. Um, I think Mary, what you said, um, you know, what the people, uh, the group, um, you said what they did. I think that's awesome. At the same time, like, I wasn't really sure. I mean the the song I I I didn't I I didn't really understand why people were upset at the song. I was really creeped out by the fact that, you know, women were naked in it and and in a in a context that was just like normal. I was like creeped out by the video, but like at the same time and this might go into a discussion on like internet feminism. There's as as I've gotten older, I see on the internet, I feel like I see a lot of people getting upset about things that are I just um, are kind of befuddling to me. I guess. I guess what I'm dancing around is. This might sound so trite, but um, like I don't think that someone's a bad feminist if they like. If they listen to blurred lines. So I sound like an idiot when I say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you totally make I mean, it. So, totally yeah.
2: True. It's I knew you were getting at. Yeah. You, you know, I, I, and
0: I you don't know. think it makes
2: someone a, a bad feminist if they like twerking too. Yeah.
0: I don't and <laughs> the, I and that's actually like I was gonna try to this this came to me right before I started this note, and I sort of didn't really get this together, but I'm like, oh, on every podcast I'm gonna have a feminist, not feminist question. And like one of the when the and I couldn't like this is like the first time ever. I couldn't really come up with anything, and I, I guess what I I just hope is sometimes on the internet I see more of like um, this is feminist this isn't feminist this is feminist this isn't feminist and and it and it it I I guess as being older I've become and and you know going to art school I've become more I guess generalized and feeling like less. Um, specific about well maybe that's feminist for someone else but that's not feminist for me or what have you or yeah. I, don't, I don't know yeah. mm-hmm. um
1: well oh, i yeah, think what it, i think some of like in looking at this, these questions um, yeah what mm-hmm. uh, like it's important to keep in mind intersectionality um, yes yes and yeah. uh you know the multiplicity of identities that we all have yes um like for instance it's working feminist well Twerking um, is also really rooted in, uh, in like gay hip hop culture, you know, in the city Mm -hmm. down New Orleans. So that's like a different thing than Miley Mm -hmm. Cyrus doing it, you know? Um, Yeah, of course. It has has its own, its own culture and um, context. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. For example, um, what else do I want to say? Oh, um, (laughs) yeah, you brought up a whole lot of different things, Sarah, Mm -hmm. um, but one thing, okay, I'm in, I'm in, you know, in the dark zone right now. I'm in mm-hmm. the middle of the MFA grad mm-hmm. school. I've been reading a lot of theory. Yeah. But um <laughs> I've been reading a lot of uh, queer theory and that's mm-hmm. uh, really nice way to like frame out some mm-hmm. of um the ways that I've been working intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing, uh, Jose Munoz, who wrote this book, Cruising Utopia, the then and there of queer futurity, he writes a lot about dance parties, he writes yeah. about performance art, mm-hmm. and about these spaces um, that are created as a kind of world making and about using disidentification as a tactic. So mm-hmm. take like dominant symbols and signifiers that are like harmful mm-hmm. to. Um, minoritarian subjects, so mm-hmm. for example maybe the, the misogyny or um, uh, uh, yeah, like implied lack of consent in blurred yes. lines, mm-hmm. um, and blurred lines and taking dominant symbols but then um, disidentifying with them and like kind of take, I don't know if taking them back is exactly the way to say it but remaking really them through performing them differently, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. Part of mm-hmm. like a prefigurative politics of like making the world that we want to see but mm-hmm. doing it through the way that we're interpreting culture, like Rose is saying, with a critical consciousness, but really through through performance, through art, um, we can remake some of these dominant harmful symbols mm-hmm. uh, that are there in the culture. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, so we can both create things that are completely new, but um, we're all like living in in the system, so we're all, always responding to what's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that we respond to it can be empowering rather than only reactionary. Yes,
2: yeah, it's yeah. Active
1: forming and you know making with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. I um. You said it was. Who is the author again?
1: Uh, Jose Nunes.
2: Oh, I I I'm just reading a book by him right now. Um, the disidentification squares of color and performance.
1: Yay,
2: I need to read that one. Yeah. I love I this book. Um, when I read this book, it it totally kind of highlighted a lot of things that I'm trying to do with my own work that I couldn't put into words. Um, mm-hmm. He's from Miami also, and he's Latino. And um, there's a chapter in the book called um, Choose Maria, Latina Performance. And, um, and, and it kind of reminded me of Right Girl in the sense that, Riot Girl was really good about reclaiming negative insults and mm. transforming it mm. into words of affirmation set. and giving it a positive mm-hmm. um, connotation mm-hmm. when you own it, like the word "con" or "bitch," or "slut." They mm-hmm. transformed it into a word of affirmation. And here, mm-hmm. he says that a lot of Latin women um, are stigmatized by being called a chusma, mm-hmm. and it's called chusmeria, and it's any Latin woman who kind of exhibits, kind of. Behavior that subverts conventional femininity, like they're very loud, sexual, assertive, colorful, flamboyant, very excessive in their in their dress mm. and makeup. And um, I like the idea that in the book he talks about reclaiming choose media through performance mm. and transforming a toxic, stigmatized identity and remaking it, transforming it into a powerful identity and to make new worlds and making mm-hmm. queer worlds.
0: Mm-hmm. wow I'm I'm just learning I love this is the the reason I do this show is because I just feel like I learn like I don't have to I learn so much and I don't it's a real easy way for me to learn what I need to like read and who I need to know about <laughs> you know because I've had people on the show where I just feel like I'm like in a class or something you know and it's just awesome <laughs> so I don't have to pay for anything education but anyway um, um, way, I love to hear that
2: he coined the term that I just I'm in love with he mm-hmm. called it critical truth media um, mm. and I think about it as like like critical pleasure and and how you, hmm. as a feminist you can you can make work that's critically pleasurable critically mm. joyful of, of the world that you inhabit
0: I, well, I wonder well then what if I you know if you take pleasure in something that is um I don't I don't know if this is um just, you know, uh, my own, um, issues or whatever, but if you take a pleasure in something that let's say is reflecting you on the surface in a negative manner or something that on the surface is feminine, is, is sexist, I'm not sure, um, like, um, or maybe it's like so overtly sexist, it's almost comical, um, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think of any, like, pop song or something. I mean, I'm just thinking of, like, Ass and Titties, that song or whatever. I don't know if that's necessarily sexist, but I'm thinking of something that's, like, so so overtly sexist it's comical versus, like, things that I find sexist are more, like, um, subtle or complicated, like... Um, you know, well, like if we, you know, right girl is is one of the. You know, I never had a problem with Playboy because, like, the the women are naked. You know, it's not the nakedness; it's, it's the it's like the lack of like any kind of difference or you right. know any kind of um, you know any kind of difference or what have you. You know, and um, but um,
1: and so, it's you know. kind of like the the context that it's just presented for a male
0: gaze,
1: and mm-hmm. yeah, and that's the reason why they're Yeah, that's the reason why those photos
0: are taken. Like, that's the audience. Yes. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, but there are, okay, there are going to be things for the male gaze. So the way, you know, I try to actively objectify men or actively have, you know, actively establish a female gaze is, like, something that I, I really appreciate or try to do is like, and I, I think, I think about that. I think about, um, why women, or we're talking about straight women, let's say do such a terrible job of objectifying men. I just don't understand it. We really don't do a good job at it. And like, I wonder like what, um, like I wonder, I wonder about that. I wonder about, um, you know, I don't know, sort of, uh, off topic, but I think, um, so do you, do you, what, is there any issue that you, that didn't hear about until or like Riker was your first, um, y- your first experience of a certain, um, political issue or t- um, that you first encountered through riot girl.
2: I, I, my first was their address, uh, them addressing double standards. Hmm. And I, and mm-hmm. at the time I didn't, I, I felt it, but I didn't know there was a word for it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that it was a thing. Mm-hmm until someone actually called it for what it was. Mm -hmm. And the music really did, was very straightforward and called, gave it a name. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important, is they gave a name to domestic violence, uh, sexism, misogyny. And then it made it easier for me to understand those concepts and to be critical of it in my own life and Mm -hmm. fight it in my own life. Mm -hmm. And also like music was just, the only way I got involved in politics in the first place was through music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't through reading books or Mm -hmm. watching a lot of TV. It was mostly through music. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there anything Mm
0: -hmm. for you, Mary, that, um, like, was – Riker was sort of an introduction for you, or – Yeah, I'm
1: trying to to think about that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, like, specific issue-wise. I mean, Mm -hmm. there were issues I was already – to be aware of that were mm-hmm. brought to more of a forefront. I think just mm-hmm. um, maybe the format of talking about things of consciousness raising, mm-hmm. um, of getting together with other mostly women identified people, but to talk about mm-hmm. um, like all the issues that Rose just brought up. Um, and I don't know, looking at um, looking at sexist dynamics in relationships, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm, so yeah. I would, like, in, my, in my own, like boys I was dating in high school, mm-hmm. um, who were like, yeah. Yeah, I like Bikini Kill, but then they would be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the way they would yeah. treat their girlfriends. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I but, guess like the personal is, the personal is political. Mm-hmm. Yes, that That
0: is something that my life, girl. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you guys like, um, let's say really believed in uh, when you were younger, but you sort of changed or evolved about like uh, maybe Mary in terms of like thinking about, you know, Action Girl being in 17 or... Mm-hmm. Or, or you feel like you've, um, moved or changed it all from, um, like your younger feminist police, and this isn't necessarily for Riot Girl in general, but just, um, I guess in your okay. own.
1: Feminist mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm, I'm way, uh, I guess way less punker than now now than mm-hmm. I was when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I think part of that is, um. I've been working as an educator for the past decade. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was working at the Andy Warhol Museum mm-hmm. for the last ten years in Pittsburgh before I left to go to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was uh, really, I was really lucky to work with like groups of teens who, um, like young women teens, who were really inspired and influenced by Riot Girl um, and were forming bands. You know, ten mm. years later. Oh <laughs> wow! Mm-hmm. Girl, you know, like covering Bikini Kill songs and being like you know, introducing the song, like, okay, guys, this is by this band Bikini Kill. (laughs) (laughs) You know, mid-cover Rebel Girl. This was in, like, 2005 or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And now those young women are kind of my, I don't know, they're in my social circles. They're my peers. They're organizing events and conferences and music festivals, like Rhinestone Steel in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess just, like, having uh, maybe a more mellow perspective Mm -hmm. on, like, on keeping such a tight hold on underground culture. Mm. I, think, mm. I think with, um, I mean, with the internet, it is really real that there is, there is more access. I mean, you have to know where to look, but there is um, more access to stuff. I feel like there isn't um, as much of a reason to keep things secret because they're not. Mm. <laughs> um, I think I just feel more like mellow and just that like exposing people to as much culture as possible and then not everyone will go for it, but mm. It's just important to, like, give people the choice or the exposure just to, like, have knowledge and then they can do with it what they will. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a big change for me since I was younger.
2: Yeah, um, for me, I just see it uh, that Right Girl, it does have a different look and feel today. I think that it really did um, motivate and inspire a lot of contemporary female musicians and artists and um, I feel like right now where it's really strong is in the noise scene. Um, mm. When I was living in Gainesville, <clears throat> I got really into a lot of the DIY music culture there. And a lot of people released cassettes. Um, a lot of girls started their own bands. And, um, but it was mostly noise. And, um, and they were infiltrating the, the noise scene, which was really heavily male-dominated. But mm-hmm. now there's just so many interesting noise female musicians and they're taking the same kind of concepts from Ride Girl and they're doing it in that scene instead. And they're making their own t-shirts, concerts, uh, they're on tour all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, just, yeah. it's just, it's infiltrating different scenes I mm-hmm. think,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And we certainly we mentioned this, um, Rose, you mentioned Daria. Um, I was just wondering if there are things that like exist now or had existed you you feel wouldn't have existed if riot girl hadn't been there. I certainly have a list of things that um I think wouldn't exist um, now in the world <laughs> for riot girl, the spice girls, no, um you know, I feel like you know the presence of women in comedy like Tina Fey and um, Bust magazine I think are obviously there, you know, sort of um show you know the, the strong demographic that, of, you know, that there were women there who will buy these things. Or I think that there are more women centered films happening, or at least, you know, um, films where, you know, two women talk to each other happening, I think as a result of, you know, Riot girl. And I, well, I have a friend who she was, she was a real inspiration. You know, she would go, she made it a point. She would go see any terrible, terrible, stupid movie that was in the theaters if it had, like, you know, women... It was women-centered. She she went to go see that roller derby movie with Drew Barrymore, and I remember I was way too cool for that. I was like, oh, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing... And she's like, I'm gonna... I go see... I go see every film. There's women in it, because I want, you know, pe- people to think that they will make money if they make films about women. And so, you know, she really inspired me, and I, I tried to start doing that myself, and I think that, um... I think that, uh... I think, women, you know, we've seen that, that, you know, I guess, what have you, Hollywood understands that these films can make money. And I, I think that we're seeing, um, you know, more diverse films and more diverse roles for women as a result of that. So, um, I don't know if there's, I don't know if, if Mary, you have anything that you feel like exists or, you know, exists or even in your own uh, art or what have you community because of Riot Girl or as a result of Riot Girl. Mm. Not really. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. No, that's fine. That's yeah. No, that's fine. I no. yeah. I sort of mention a lot. Um, but,
2: I I, feel, I always think about that question, but mm. I think about performers. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that without Right Girl, there wouldn't have been peaches or oh, candy. Okay.
0: That mm. <laughs> you're right. You're right. right. You're right. Well, it's
1: interesting you bring up peaches. I was thinking more of like um. I was thinking of you know like Litigra or then yeah. you know mm-hmm. these oh um, yes dance um, bands mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. grew. Mm-hmm. A cafe you Kathleen know. mm-hmm. um, but Peaches uh, is interesting because that's the uh, Toronto-based. And um, when Riot Girls started, um, so uh, okay, there's a really great documentary called "She Said Boom: The Story yes. of This Column." Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and This Column. Um, for the listeners that might not know, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we're uh, an all-women band in um, Toronto. GB Jones was the drummer. Um, and they, uh, and Bruce LaBruce, um, their friend, the filmmaker, like, shot a lot of, like, they were all filmmakers as well as musicians. And, um, they kind of created this queer core movement mm-hmm. in Toronto, like, just with themselves. Mm-hmm. And then that spread and influenced other people through a zine that mm-hmm. G.D. and Bruce made called, um, J.D.'s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the documentary, uh, Kathleen Hannah talks about how, like, when they started Bikini Kill, um they were really aligning themselves with queer core and with this column. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of the term riot girl maybe came later. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what they were looking to. Like, they were, like, a feminist, like, aligning themselves with, uh, with queer core. So, um, yeah, maybe, like, I see teachers as an extension of that. Even if music isn't rock-based, it's um, it's kind mm-hmm. of in the same, same spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, well, I mean, on that, yeah, there's, yeah. I mean, I just think about the 90s in general, not even, you know, just in rock, but just the girl groups in general, and some, now they're starting to be a resurgent, but I was like, like, the other day, I was like, where are all the girl bands? Like, where, like, do you know, like, yeah. what a huge fucking deal Salt and Peppa was? I mean, that was a yeah. huge fucking deal, and like, just TLC, and SWV, and like, all those groups, like, where are they now? We have all these guy groups, but I think... Um, I think there are a certain, I'm, I'm blanking on the names of them, but there are two girl groups out now that I'm really excited about that I don't remember their names. I'm so excited about them. But anyway, I'll, I'll put the links up. There's a lot of like women solo performers,
1: but not so many groups right now. Exactly.
0: They're like gone. And, and I, I wonder, but I think, um, because I tweeted about it, I think it's going to happen now. that's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) So... Well, this was really awesome, and I think I want to like keep it you know talking about riot girl and um you know when we talked a lot about what it was it was really based in I think Mary brought up you know that it uh was heavily based in um the mail and print and what have you, and for me that's what it was about as well and it is interesting um that rose you know you had the sort of beginning of the uh internet experience did you have any experience rose with like mailing um receiving things in the mail or actual oh, okay. objects really
2: yeah very much that was still going on because again the internet was not that fast uh-huh. <laughs> it, took, it took so long with dial up just to download a picture of a right curl band's publicity photo oh wow <laughs> and i was just like wow uh-huh. um but yeah there was a lot of mail order stuff that i enjoyed because you would get letters back mm-hmm. and then there would also be pen pals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i loved getting you know mm-hmm. Names of other bands, stickers, pictures, patches, uh, t-shirts over the mail, and you meet friends that way. The, and I just love to think of that as pre- Facebook. You yeah. know it'd be fun. Uh-huh. Like what? What? Is, what? You say just right now? Oh. Um, as a nice closing, and maybe yeah. we could just mention a few things that
1: uh are inspiring to us right now. Yes, like in the current.
0: Yes. Sure.
1: Please. Um, yes. You're already starting to do that. Um. Well, can I go? Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of, um, uh, the rapper Nikki DeBee. Um, yes. You yes. know him? Oh, he's yeah. There. I, yeah.
0: He follows me on yeah, Twitter. He, <laughs> oh, he
1: me. Okay. oh, yeah. We're friends. So, yeah, <laughs> for Go Loco, he has some really great swag. Like, he has this hat that says homo, and he's holding these balloons. that say homo
0: Um, What I is that. What is the name of the video? I haven't seen this new one. Uh, uh-huh. Go Loco. Okay. It's
2: See, intense.
1: Uh-huh. It has some really intense booty. Um, uh-huh.
2: Multiplicity of booties. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm also really, I'm really inspired by also the queer rappers that are coming out. Like, I really okay. like Lef. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He's fantastic. Okay. I, I love him. I, I mean, um, you I, know the cy- cyborg feminism? I think mm-hmm. he's, it's, he's like cyborg queer. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: I haven't um, gotten into that guy, um, Lef, or what have you. Is that how you say his name? I think I, it's like L-E- F-1? Yeah, I know, I know who you're,
2: Yeah, I know, something like that. I know who
0: you're talking about him, but I called him Leaf. Leaf, <laughs> I him, yeah. Maybe I don't know, that's it. right, I don't think that's right, no, I don't think that's right. I
2: think Leaf, <laughs> you're right. right. And um, I love Big Frida. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the bounce, the bounce music, mm-hmm. what he's doing, and mm-hmm. also what he's doing in the black community to kind of, like, stop the homophobia in rap and hip-hop. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have any more or or? or well, I love Grimes. I don't. Yeah. You know, I, I think she's really awesome, and I'm. I'm really, I love
2: Grimes too. Yeah,
0: she's her her one video for um I think it was Oblivion was like I, I that was like the best feminist video art I've seen in forever. The video where she's um you know just in all these sports arenas.
1: Yeah. And just oh, yeah. and
0: then the I just I was blown away by that. I was like, this is brilliant. You know, I haven't seen anything like this and, and I was I was really excited by that. So that was that was really cool. Um, I actually don't have anything right now, I feel bad. I'm sure I do, but I can't think of well, it. MIA MIA
1: well, has a new album. MIA.
0: She okay, so MIA has a new album out, so that's what we have to spend money on. Well, thank you, ladies, and thanks for sharing uh, the your books and what you're into now. And I will definitely be in touch with you and I hope you have a wonderful evening. Oh
2: well, thank, thank you, sir, you for too. having
0: us. All right.